Welcome to the Revenue Accelerators Podcast, a show featuring B2B sales and business leaders. Hosted by Excelogy founder and 19-year sales veteran with leadership experience in strategic enterprise and telecom sales, Deep Trikonod. This show uncovers strategies and techniques business leaders have used to go from zero to one and beyond. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help us reach more people. Revenue Accelerators is brought to you by Excelogy. We help B2B sales leaders improve sales performance by leveraging our patent-pending data-driven sales coaching systems. Find us at www.excelogy.com. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you guys for joining yet another episode of the Revenue Accelerators podcast. Today, I'm excited to have Donald Kelly, CEO of The Sales Evangelist. Welcome, Donald. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm super excited to be here and to be a part of this and to share some insights. Uh, hopefully, can help somebody else. <laughs> yeah, likewise. I mean, that's what we do, right? So I'm trying to, trying to make it easy for people to, to learn from others. And given your experience and given what you do, um, that's, that's what the hope is here. So, so thank you again. Um, of course. If you can tell us kind of like, so, so who is Donald Kelly and, and why the sales evangelist? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm, I'm a, somebody that's passionate about uh, changing the way that sales pe- salespeople are perceived, um, and someone who's passionate about selling. I started off selling as a kid in Jamaica, didn't know what I was doing, sucked at it, and came to the B two B world um, later on, and was even worse um, <laughs> than what I finally started making traction in B two C in college. But I found myself even more in the quagmire. This time was like there were real problems where I couldn't have, I didn't have money for rent and borrowing money from my mom and so forth. And um, fortunately, I went through a program that showed me step by step and tro- showed me that their sa- sales can be systematic. And if you are seen as a consultant, as that industry expert or industry authority, you can have way better success. So I strive to be able to help sellers elevate to that point. And our vision is to see that day where salespeople are not, their emails are, 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 ex, are, are, opened and they're excited to be read by prospects because they know that these individuals are bringing things that are actually relevant and solving problems for them. So it's an ideal, but it's a vision that we have for the future. And I think that's going to help us to elevate the game. And um, we, we do training. So we evangelize those methods, what we feel and see and um, experiment on that's working to be able to bring get us to that ideal um, situation. So that's what we are here doing with our podcasts and our training programs. I, I love it. I love it. So, so with respect to like kind of your, you in particular, kind of mm-hmm. how you kind of grew up in sales, um, school of hard knocks sounds like kind of how you started. Um, <laughs> do you have any, uh, kind of what, what you would think is obvious, like looking back 2020 in hindsight, right? Like we all make those mistakes and if looking back and reliving those, those experiences, you're like, ah, I should have known better, but we don't. Right. So, yeah. so are there anything that you might be able to share with the listeners that, that they should know better, but it's, you know, com- like they say, like, you know, when, when I got my MBA, they're like, you know, it's basically, com- <laughs> they teach you common sense, right. But common sense is not so common. So, yeah. uh, so do you have anything that you'd like to share? Of course I do. Um, one of the ones is, this is a common thing, is um, never sell to people 
who don't have the power or capability of buying. Now, I mean, that again, a really obvious situation here. Um, and what it was, I had a deal that I was working on. I talked about this recently on LinkedIn, but it was, uh, it, it was, it, I needed to bring it back to the surface. I was working with the person that was easy to talk to. This was the champion. They were excited yeah. about the solution. Um, they didn't have the trigger pulling, but they had a lot of recommendation capabilities. I knew this going into it, and I didn't do anything to get mom and dad to the table, so to speak, the the economic buyer, yeah. um, and I didn't bring them in early on in the process. So the kids fell in love with the toy and the dog, so to speak, and when we went to parents now to get them to pull the trigger, we saw all kinds of difficulties. The deal was going to be a pretty sizable deal for our organization, and it kiboshed. Um, it fell apart um, in negotiation, and it all stemmed back to not getting the right people in early on. There are many different ways, and I've just had this several different times in my career, and I can point out all of those times where you know you think you learn, but I got comfortable, and I think that's probably the second lesson here. So the first one is get the right people and don't sell to people who can't buy. I mean, obviously you're going to need you're going to need to have conversation with folks, and there's a lot of people part of the decision making committee. But I rest rested on my laurel that this was going to work because this person was excited and didn't do the multi-threading that I was supposed to. And the second lesson with that that's quite obvious is. Never give, never, 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 ever ease up. Always do everything. Like, for instance, if you're a pilot, that you can't get to the point when you're flying that you're going to say, well, today I'm just not going to check anything. I'm not going to check the wing. I'm not going to check the tire. I'm going to check any pressures. Like, you have to do that because it's life or death. But I felt yeah. like because I was doing well as a salesperson and as a, as a seller, I didn't need to do those anymore. Yeah. And that was the biggest second lesson. So always do know your gauges and make sure you're doing uh, run through all of your fundamentals um, in all of the, the motions. It. And then two is making sure that you sell to people who can buy and not just to the people who like. Um, you know, you you, you, uh, your your analogies are money, by the way, like the you know, <laughs> kids falling in love with the puppy and, and but the parents didn't want the dog. Like, I mean, that's I love it. Um, but uh, but you're 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 your point about complacency, right? We get, we mm. kind of, we get in a, into a, I mean, it's like a positive rut. You're finding success, you know, time after time, you're like, all right, I got this. I'm taking this in stride. And then you start falling off that checklist, right? Your checklist of yes. the switches and the gauges and all that stuff. You go through your checklist to get to that level of success and you start taking yourself for granted that, all right, I got this. I don't need to prep for this meeting. I don't need to put these this deck in order. I'm going to use the same one from last week to the other <laughs> client, right? I'm just going to kind of cut corners and everything and 100% like you kind of lose that and and um I I listened to so I, I do my own listening of share of podcasts and um yeah. and there's one out there by uh I forget the gentleman's name, but it's called the the diary of a CEO. I don't know if you can mm. check this one out or not. No. No. Um, it's, it's, it's money. Uh, and for those listening, I strongly encourage you to, I mean, not every single episode of the podcast and they're fairly lengthy. They're like an hour and a half to two hours long in each one. So you gotta, <laughs> you gotta time commit, but you kind of search through it. And there is, um, Michael Jordan's coach was on one of those episodes, dude. Right. And so he talks about how his, um, like trying to keep Jordan, Jordan by himself was already at like elite level, but keeping himself there he needed a coach to kind of navigate help jordan navigate his own complacency identify his own kind of where he's cutting corners as he's training and after jordan was um it's funny in that in that episode 
Jordan's teammates and other people in like, you know, the all-star game and whatnot, they're like, Hey, who do you, who do you use to, to coach and how much does he cost and whatnot? And so, you, you know, go through it and I'm paraphrasing the majority of this thing, but, but basically Jordan's like, I, I pay him enough to not coach anyone else. It's <laughs> 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 one of his things. It's so awesome. But, but like then, he, then after Jordan retired, then he became Kobe's coach. And so like this guy's, this guy, his mentality is, is, Amazing. And so, but, but falling into that rut of complacency, we all do it. I do it tremendously. And and you kind of reminded me, I got to go back to that checklist and kind of keep that thing written in stone. So you can't edit it. It should be like the same no. sequence. Your, 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 your pilot analogy is also money. Like you got to check all the gauges just because it worked this morning or yesterday or last <laughs> week doesn't mean it's going to work this time around either. So the, the propellers worked last time, so I hope they work this time too. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, a, it's one of those things I don't want to try to find out at 40,000 feet. Like, <laughs> totally. I mean, it's been, it's, and that's actually, it's funny. Like, um, the, uh, one of my early, early, my own kind of presentations for strategic sale, complex sale, enterprise B2B, um, yeah. was, you know, uh, not prepping, not having, I mean, and prep is not just the deck, right? Like prep mm-hmm. is, Prep is who's the audience. Prep is, um, you know, who's going to be the detractor? Who's going to be the antagonist in the room? Prep is trying yes. to like, and then and prep for all of that. And so those are the gauges. Those are the checklists. And uh, I love the approach. So, um, and, and there's a huge mental side to it. And we'll go back to what you were saying there. Like, I feel when I go into a meeting and I come, like, there's a, we taught a mindset program and we mm-hmm. work with an organization named the Pacific Institute. And I recommend everyone check them out. But one of the things that we did was a sales program was around the mental game, um, the mindset in, in the pandemic was one of the best selling things that we had as an organization. Now, check it. One of the principles they teach is the flick back, flick up. Um, because when we go through like, a, a let, let's say for instance, we go through a loss or or something doesn't work, we don't get a deal, we're just so focused on the things that didn't work right then and there. But what if we were to focus on the things that we, focus on a situation that did work, what made the what made the last deal close, what made that work so well, but going into that mental game, that preparation to say, this is what worked last time when I went into this particular conversation, when I worked with an enterprise level organization, this is who, this is, this is what mattered to the executive economic buyer um, and so forth, and saying Look, picturing the win that you had before brings you to this next situation with the confidence from the previous situation. I don't know that that makes sense, but psychologically, I'm going into this game now saying, dude, I did this well before. I'm mentally prepared. I am physically prepared. I have the notes. I know the who I'm, the who's. And I'm going into this thing. I don't need this deal. And every time I've gone into a deal, I'm telling you, when I when I did felt like I didn't need this, I didn't have that commission breath or the, you know I, I, that desperation breath. I was able to yep. perform in the zone, so to speak, and be in flow. And because I was prepared already and had the confidence that I've done this multiple times before and rode the confidence from previous situations. So flick back, flick up, flick back on a past situation to help me flip up on this one. So yeah. No, that's, that's great. Um, t- typically kind of your, um, does, does like what the, the, the coaching and our training and, or, you know, the, the evangelism that you, that you teach, <laughs> um, how, like, what's that process look like? How, how long does, does someone have to stay in the program? Do you, do you have a yeah. follow up? How do you keep them 
checking constantly checking their gauges over time, right? Not just yeah. during the, the couple hours or week that you're you're they're in it's called quote unquote training. Yeah, a great question. Most of our training programs, and uh, guys, I didn't set him up for this. Uh, he asked. So, most of our <laughs> training programs, the, the smallest one, I think, it's now been extended to six weeks, um, and the longest is twelve weeks. Now, if you do those two programs together, obviously, it's going to be you know six and twelve. So you're looking yeah. at that fourteen week uh, program. Um, but the the way that they're all designed, we could teach you one of the programs in a day. It could be like an eight-hour day for our, uh, the longest one, or it could be like a six-hour day. The challenge, though, that we find is that you're not going to retain any of that, and studies mm-hmm. prove that over and over again. You go to our website. We have some stuff from Xerox that we use. What we've seen to work better is teaching line upon line, bit by bit. So each our training programs are broken up over weeks. So you have video modules on demand. You watch whenever you want. <laughs> then you... Come to the, we have an online community that you engage with for accountability and for, you know, the motivation and so forth. And then you have a group training where it's not just a course that you're sitting in and watching a talking head, but you actually get to have that accountability and the practice. So we're, say, a BDR prospecting course or, um, you know, LinkedIn course. We might teach you how to, uh, you know, how to go out and how to write LinkedIn posts that grab people's attention. So then now you practice those. You come into the session. We, breakdown, give feedback and ideas on where you can improve what worked, what didn't work from that piece of content. So you're you're getting live stuff. So then the next week you can add on to this. Now, how do I connect with right people? How do I set up my profile? Or how do I use a navigator? So by the time six weeks is done, you've done you've gotten a muscle memory, so the habits, so to speak. And then what we discovered, I didn't purposely do this. I'm just telling you straight up, being honest. We saw that when our programs were done, people were, one of the groups said, hey, um, what are we going to do now? And I'm like, go do the stuff. Leave. Yeah, yeah, go, go execute. And then they're like, well, we like this Friday session, Friday part of the call, the where we get a chance to get feedback and insights and get a chance to connect with you or your team. Yeah. So they had the most of the, they had all the stuff from the content, the course, they have the online community, but they wanted that group site, and we started a mastermind. So typically, if somebody goes through, like, say, our LinkedIn prospecting course, and then our sales foundation, which teaches you now how to, you know, do phone email outreach and, you know, uh, discos, discovery call, closing and negotiation and follow-up, and they say, all right, we've been with you for this long now. I want to keep going. I want this weekly session to help me. We, they go into our mastermind, and that goes for, like, three to six months um, for the mastermind. So that keeps, it's not a training program, the mastermind sign. You set a goal, but we help you to break down that goal and we put you in micro groups of 12 people. Um, so you have more one-on-one and accountability. Are, they, and are these updates. groups is, sorry to interrupt your demographics. Yeah, yeah. Are they, are they BDRs? Like what kind of like, what Great are they question. coming to you for? Is it, is it account executive? Are they B2B sales exec, yeah. enterprise reps? Are they BDRs? Like what are the what are the roles and or functions of these folks that come to you? The biggest thing is top of funnel activity, and that encompasses BDRs. I have AEs that work for organization that have to fill their own bag, um, as well as I have full cycle sellers that come through the program. Um, but it's like right now we're going through with a group. They have a lot of inbound, but they're now going into outbound. So the AEs are like, we need to figure out how to hunt for ourselves and not just depend on our BDR. So a company put seven seven of their sales reps through our um, in our cohort um, that they're going through. 
So account executive BDRs, the concept is really we're going to teach you how to build top of funnel activities. And then the foundation is for people who I just need to learn everything about selling. Maybe it's a full cycle seller um, or a BDR that just converted over and like, listen, I need to cut, I need to cut my teeth and learn how to um, hunt or AE that's saying I've been doing this for a minute and I have old methods. I want to learn what's yeah. best working. So to come through the program. And, and that's awesome. Um, yeah. So like the old school way of selling was cold calling. Was, um, maybe a little bit of email, I guess, if you consider that old school. I'm talking like <laughs> old, old school. Um, yeah. But uh, but in, in 2023 or now 2024, um, by the way, everyone, we're having this conversation in no, end of November. <laughs> it probably get published in the middle of December. But late, you know, Q4 2023 is when this is being recorded, but going forward, what do you predict? Like what is going to be the sales motion for top of funnel um, to actually get qualified conversations going? Um, so literally I'm working on an episode that I'm going to publish. Um, so you're going to get that before my audience get it. Uh, but the, I feel, um, and you know, we everyone got a scare a couple weeks ago when Yahoo and Google came out and said that they're changing the way things work. Turns out it's a lot of information that we should have known already and should be doing as best practices. Mm -hmm. But it did freak people out to say, like, I can't do mass email, can't do mass, um, you know, uh, mass spamming, so to speak, yep. of prospects. And I believe this is going back to the pro the feelings that prospects have where they're saying, I just don't want those garbage emails anymore. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. I'm not paying attention to it. So I feel strongly in this idea that we lead first with LinkedIn. Um, people have coined this in different names, but I've I'm, I, I've said this long time ago that it's called the PR or um, the PR of or, or a point of reference. So when I send an email, I like to have that point of reference, whether that's LinkedIn or may, maybe I send some kind of e something else before or introduction or whatnot. Yep. People want to have that connection with you, and it's making it harder to sell. Um, it, it makes it, but it's making it more quality selling, if that makes sense. So my before, let me give you our our motion. For instance, if I'm reaching out to you, I'm going to hyper focus on sales leaders that are in a particular industry, let's say logistic industry in a mid-sized level organization, obviously mm -hmm. doing B2B, and they have, it's a new leader in the organization and have posted on a platform in six, within the past 30 days. Yep. Super focused now. So when I do reach out, there's a higher chance that you're gonna respond to it. I'm gonna make a personalized LinkedIn connection request, engage on your stuff, and then that allows for me now to have a point of reference. But three days later, when I do send that first email, that email is going to tie back to the relevancy factor that you're new in your role or your probably your team is growing and you're trying to figure out what to do when it comes to LinkedIn or whatever it might be. I, I'll figure out a, a angle to go at with stuff that's relevant to you. And that first email is manual, um, or what I mean is, is a, is a hyper-personalized email. The rest after that could be automated to the role and the situation situation, somebody who's VP of sales, new to the company in the logistics industry, and uh, posting it recently on a you platform. You put them in that track, kind of, Yeah. Uh, after that initial. Um, exactly. But that makes it so much more easier for you to reply to me because you see a human being and it's a relevancy. Relevancy, yeah. Yeah, relevancy in the sense that it's an individual that is somebody that actually, um, that 
make the decision on that particular issue mm-hmm. when it comes to sales, but also you, even though you may make the decision as VP of sales around, around uh, sales education for your you know mid-level organization, it doesn't necessarily mean that LinkedIn training is relevant for you guys right now. So finding that angle, perhaps yeah. it's the fact that you're trying to grow or the fact that I see that your team's not posting a lot and others in your industry are taking advantage of it, then I can use that as a relevancy factor or something that could be of importance to you. And that's where I feel that it's going. So basically, I'm, before, I'm not going to reply to you unless I know you, even if I have, and I think people are, they're like the folks at the grocery store, another analogy here, right? You might see somebody at a grocery store, they look like they're dying, carrying the pack, you know, things out of the cart into the, in a rain into their car, but you yeah. ask them if they need help, they say, no, I'm all good. Yeah. Of course they need help, but they don't know you and they can't trust you. Yeah, but when you can point. come from this point of, Hey, it's Donald. I trust Donald. Yeah, bro, give me some help, man. You're not going to run off with my Capri Sun. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That trust, but, but to build that level of trust, even have that conversation, right? Like, I mean, many yeah. of us, you know, like there's certain things that are taboo or just unfamiliar. Um, yeah. You know, even, even therapy, right? Like we're not, even though we're going through it, maybe we're not going to tell our friends that we, no. that we need it or we, we're going through it, right? So like that level of trust. Um, how do you build that though in 2024? Yeah. I feel the best way to do that is through the authority um, and the and, and it, it's I feel the bar is even lower than because no one has we don't do this that well as salespeople because it's so much easier to automate um, mm-hmm. and to send out the messages and I, I get it I get it I have a BDR team as well and we want them to do the right activities. But I also have to realize the quality of those activities, and uh, there's a there's a ratio Trade that off. needs to be in there, right? So when it comes to building trust, though, sorry about that. When it comes to building trust, it's very easy because most people are not taking the time to do so by connecting with somebody on LinkedIn prior to them. It's almost getting that permission before I can come in yeah. to your house. Um, yep. And it's easiest things that if you, the best way I feel you can build trust is to give trust, to show people that you trust them or to, or to give them a level of respect. So let me give you another example. If I see that you posted a piece of content on LinkedIn, rather than me just trying to figure out a way of just going to comment on it, great post. Let's have a conversation. If I were to really dissect what you posted, maybe it's a job. Uh, most times I see these executive VPs, they're saying we have a job opening. So I take that initiative and I go back and try to give them, show them that I trust them and their company. Do a little bit of, you know, you can quickly pick them, you know, look at them. We have focus accounts, so we're, we're picking yep. decent companies. But then I would do a post on that, not maybe um, do a share or tag somebody into that post. I might say, hey, uh, Aaron, you need to check out this organization. And I, I know you you know, you mentioned that you're looking for something that may be a good fit. Or I might comment on it and say, hey, awesome post, Deep. Uh, what I would recommend, um, I'm going to tell my community about this. I get salespeople all the time. They're looking for gigs. Do you have a link to the actual post? But I'm engaging and I'm showing, giving you, tr- showing you trust. Therefore, yeah. you're going to give me trust back. Not every, every situation is not going to be like that. But if I can go back, if I send a personalized LinkedIn connection request to you, knowing that you're in, um, San Diego, right? I'm in Orange County. Yeah. Orange, Orange County. County Close. So you OC. If, if I know you're an OC, I could go ahead and probably do a post because that's probably on your LinkedIn profile. That's yeah. going to help to, you know, tie back to the Orange, uh, to Orange County. And then might say, for instance, hey, I have California's on my list of places that I go every year. Um, any, uh, any restaurants you recommend in OC? 
um, P.S. Permission to connect here on LinkedIn. It's a tongue-in-cheek yeah. thing, but it, it will give you an opportunity to say, "All right, who's this Donald guy? Let me see." Yeah, um, sure. That's permission. True. Love to connect with you because everybody else is going to say, "I would." I see we have mutual connection. Let's add you to my professional network. It's like get away with that garbage. Yeah. That human concept, <laughs> that human, that human 100%. connection side makes it so much more easier for you to then trust me to at least have a conversation or to at least respectfully tell me, hey, Donald, thanks for the outreach. Again, love, appreciate your connection on LinkedIn. You know, we're not looking to do anything with LinkedIn right now. We do have an internal person we just hired to do that. Great. I couldn't yeah. figure that stuff out online, but I now I have to, you had, to, uh, adapt, you had to, the respect enough to tell me as opposed to not interested in, or just delete and ignore me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, what, the takeaway that I, I'm getting from you is a couple things. Well, the, the sure. tactic piece of it is your first two touch points need to be personalized. Mm -hmm. One on LinkedIn and the one on email. Then it, yeah. And after that, you could probably put them into some type of track. But the main question I have for you is, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in it with you, right? I'm, I'm sure. dealing with this myself. Um, how do you, um, cause our filters, all of our filters, we can tell what's been scripted and automated yeah. and what isn't sometimes, however, there's, you know, you, you write a personalized email, but if you take a step back and you reread it yourself, it looks like, well, this could have been scripted too. Right. So how, like, what techniques can you share, if at all? Like, what do you think? Of you, I mean, you mentioned a couple, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. Orange County, the location of where they're at. Um, but is that enough to to be like, you know, no. this is not scripted? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you how do you try and convey that? Look, I'm writing this text myself. I'm not using ChatGPT. Yeah. I'm not using Linked Helper. I'm not using Outreach. I'm not using any of these tools that scale my outreach. Yeah, like. And you can. We're big. Uh, we're Apollo fans over here, and I. I have clients with outreach and all of the different platforms. Yeah. Um, use them. They all can work. Don't abuse them. And w even with those, like Apollo allows for me to to make a manual email, the first one. Yep. Um, like a manual. And so we'll go back to what I'm sharing again. If I do have, and not everybody respond to my like we do focus accounts so i run my motion with you we might do a focus account for 20 accounts that i'm focusing on or one of our team members yep. in those 20 account we probably identify the mid-size level organization we're looking at somebody like sales lead uh, vp of sales cro's uh, sales director uh, maybe somebody over enablement in the organization that we are gonna we're gonna look towards um and and we're gonna focus on so we have probably four people in navigator i build that out and we can see who those a hierarchy of who those individuals are we see we started off the motion with people who are posting on the platform so maybe at least one of you are posting on the platform yep. um on a regular on, on you know past 90 days so then we can go from we use that to help us to build out the depth chart so to speak in the outreach that i'm doing hypothetically you would have responded back to my connection request um, yeah. before I, because you're active on a platform again, you posted in the past 30 days, yep. you're probably going to accept my connection request. Therefore, you probably have the notification set up in your email to at least connect back to it. You're going to see the paragraph and you read that paragraph where it's a personalized. Now my first email to you, after you accept that connection request, we engage. And the engagement, and if this allows for me to delay my first email, so be it. Um, but I would engage with you by saying something like, I, I send a voice message or a video message. I love doing a video because I put a face with a name like, hey, I just want to put a face with a name. Um, yep. It's Donald. 
Um, by the way, uh, I love that. Thanks for the tips on OC. Next time out uh, out there, be uh, be sure to go to check out Orange Lemon. Um, sounds yeah, like a great wherever. spot. Um, happy Thursday. So now you know that it's a Thursday because it's literally Thursday. You're watching this. It talks about OC and it's just dude. Yeah. Now my first email will come back and guess what my subject line is going to be. Several things. I can say thanks for the recommendation. You're going to be curious what recommendation. Um, maybe you don't recognize my name and my domain, but you, you know, you thanks for recommendation. Or I might put the les- name of the restaurant, Lemon um, Orange. What, was, what did I say? <laughs> Lemon Orange, whatever the, name <laughs> the restaurant is. Um, <laughs> dot dot dot. Or I might say um, something to the nature of appreciate uh, the conversation. Dot dot dot. Now you're gonna. Those are all curious, spark curiosity for you to open it. And then when you open it, you see a point of reference. You're going to, because everybody, no matter who you are, if you open up your email right now, or if somebody says, Donald, I'm going to look and say, do I know that person? That's the first thing I'm going to say, think in my head, like it's a split second, not even a split second, a microsecond. So when you think about it with an email standpoint, it's the same concept. Are you a friend or your foe? What bucket do I put you in? Are you just trying to sell me something? This guy at least, oh yeah, I remember him from LinkedIn. I'm curious what he's he's doing. Don't do a, a long thing. People like, if you're that close, then go straight into the value. Um, appreciate you sharing the tip on um, X lemon juice, whatever spot, uh, orange yeah. lemon. Will be. Uh, uh, um, I'm gonna. I. I go. I, I'm gonna. Uh, it's. I just read the reviews and blah blah blah. The reason. Um, reason I'm reaching out to you. I also notice the relevancy factor here that you guys are hiring more so than um, than your competitors. Um, and then I might come into with that LinkedIn uh, factor. Um, yeah. I also noticed that more of your competitors are using LinkedIn than you have. Is that strategic, um, or is that something that you're, you know, you guys are, you know, looking to do? But it's a simple question. Yes, yeah, strategic, Donald, or no? We are not even. We have not. We've got a lot of business coming in, and we're not even thought about LinkedIn. Um, and you know, but at least you'll respond to that. Yeah. That, factor relevant. there makes that so much more um, is super relevant to you and your organization. But I can use that with probably all the other 20 accounts that I have, right? You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. It, and it's a qualifying question. Exactly. And then you might say, yeah, you know, we're, we're not, we, I've had somebody respond. We just have tons of leads coming in. But as I've done this over and over in the industry, I realized that some people are trying to go international. And I might notice that yeah, for your logistic business, you don't have a international line. Yeah. Um, would you be open to learning how we work with a company in Colombia to help them do, and this is legit, you know, with their international line. Um, but it now begs the idea that this guy knows what he's talking about. We made a connection. And it's the top. And even if you don't respond to that first email, my second email is going to be a um, a personalized. It's not going to be a personalized. It's going to be a canned video to your role. I might say, hey, um, wanted to just go ahead and put a face with the name. Um, the last message I sent about the about um, LinkedIn. Here's what I wanted to show you. What I was talking about. And that's going to be me explaining about how LinkedIn can help sellers to be able to you know increase their connection. But anyways. I love it. I love it. Actually, um, I want to kind of, I'm going to change, I'm going to tweak a little bit because we did talk about a couple systems. So you mentioned you're in a polo shop, you mentioned <laughs> sales navigator. Can you kind of just give me a list of like, you know, what, what yeah. tools you use to be successful and in, in, yeah. in how you do it? Um, I like to be organic and simple, right? I don't have too, too many, but um, it makes sense. But I, I, I use Apollo top. Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the be- is the bedrock. Like everything's built on LinkedIn. Yep. We start off there. Apollo, where I get the um, emails, emails and the dom- um, the direct dials. We only call direct dials if we can. Um, and then we use uh, for uh, out for our videos. We use BombBomb um, or Vidyard. So we have two different uh, tools we use here on the team and um, 
bomb bomb we just built a long relationship with them and vidyard it's very easy for our bdrs um so we have bomb bomb um and as far as the um uh you know sequences we go through we run through obviously apollo uh, apollo for our sequences um we use apollo for their engagement um on those calls the conversation Mm -hmm. see how our reps are doing um with it but um, that's awesome. And then Gmail is where we sit on. For phones, we use a Just Call, which integrates to um, both Apollo and um, the different components that we have. So, CRM stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. In, in last question, and then we unfortunately I'm taking you way over, but thank you oh, for man, sticking this around. Is good. This is good. This is um, good. But uh, in terms of that video, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times everything's done audio or it's even just text, right? Like we're, yeah. we're like in post COVID world, we're kind of impersonal. Um, things are just kind of thrown over the fence, but that's video aspect that you mentioned is, I, I love it. It's somewhat nuanced, but does it matter? Like the presentation aspect? So I'm looking at you now for those that can't see, right? <laughs> Donald's got this sweet background. It's a TSA, TSE studios on it. He's got his podcast, his headphones. He's, he's, he's looking solid, but, but like, does your entire team have that background? Are they in like shorts, t-shirt, hat? Like, what, what, are they, <laughs> they, what are they looking like on that video? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. Um, we do not have everybody with the same background. Um, we do have some uh, the office BDRs. We have we have remote BDRs, and we have two of them here locally in Florida, so they work closer to me. Um, but they have this wraparound window in our office, so they have some pretty decent setup where you can have a decent background. But um, I just have this because of our podcast, um, and you know it allows for me to be here. I like them to have natural settings. I did a, and I'll give you another example. I was working from home two weeks ago, and before the Thanksgiving uh, break, and I had a, um, I did a video that we a part of one of the sequence that I sent out, and my son was sick. Um, so I, instead of me trying to be all posh and stuff, I just was transparent. I had a blurred background. I was like, Hey, um, I'm working from home today. And this is the same video everybody got, but people were replying, I hope your son feeling better, but it's new as human. I was like, Hey, my son's uh, working from home today, taking care of my kid. Um, but this is what I wanted to show you. And I just had to screen share with my video, my head in the bottom left-hand corner. They can see my blurred out my kitchen, um, in the back, but it was just like a natural human video because that's the component that people really want yeah that's the real piece of that's the trust we've you know bring this back back around you're not this you know not just some yeah you know that's not and I, I, this is my bench, and I'm going on. And I, if again, you're giving me the soapbox. Um, it's like a politician who gets to go on. You know, <laughs> now keep it, bring it, for the bring it. Let's time. go. Um, <laughs> here's a prediction that I feel, um, and the reason why we literally are going through this process within our organization for our vision. I will take a call from somebody that I trust. I got off a call before you. I spoke with Josh. He's our SEO guy. When Josh speaks, I say how high and tell me a jump how high. Um, I do whatever he says because when he tells me SEO stuff, it brings money in for the organization. Yep. He is that trusted um, and we've known him for a minute, right? Yeah. I feel that buyers more so than ever want to find people who can give them that knowledge because just as much as our world is getting more complex, their world are getting more complex. 100%. And they don't know what works and what doesn't work besides what they have in their per, per, uh, ecosystem. 
Salespeople, in the definition of selling, it's defined as, uh, if you look in Webster's or Google it, it's something around um, persuading someone um, for a cause or for a reason um, to do something. I feel that buyers don't want to be sold. Uh, Jeffrey Gittimer says people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. But yeah. I feel that more so now than ever, buyers want people who can teach them, but sellers are sell trying to sell people. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. So when you're trying to sell me, you're telling me stuff that benefits you. Or yeah, you're and that's known. Something. Yeah, but when you teach me, you're finding something relevant Perhaps this line that I'm not opening, this this uh, shipping line between South America and U.S. that most of my competitors are doing and that I haven't done anything about. But if I bring that up in a curious conversation and I notice this, it's more about a reason. It's educating you because I've done this with four or five of your other competitors. So now it's an insight that you can then act on and foresight that you can say, well, this person knows what they're talking about. They're educating me on this. I would at least have the conversation because we talked about Open Up Columbia, but we just never did. It was too complex. Yeah. But you're telling me other people are doing it. I want to hear what you have to say about that, and that grants the appointment. So the teaching factor allows that to happen. So how does this work? It's a long-term game here. But if you can focus, and we teach, there's only 3 or 4% of LinkedIn users. They now have 1 billion users. Only 3 or 4 of those, 3 4% of those people are actually posting regularly on the platform. I think it's like a monthly basis, which is ridiculous in my mind. But if I'm just focusing on logistics, and yeah. I'm focusing on a certain size, I feel my connection with those people who are, are fit. So in our training program, we call it Connect, Share, and Engage. Connect with the ideal customers that are willing to buy from you. Don't sell to everybody. Just yep. if you, if I look at your connection pool right now, and fifty more than less than ten percent of those people are your ideal customers, something's wrong. I'm going to tell you, build that up to fifty. Connect with five to ten people per day. Personalized yep. connection requests. So now you have those people that are connected to you. That tied us all back together with education. You share relevant content. What are the top questions or what's on their mind that they're not even asking? Think Seinfeld. What's something that an executive will not say to their friends out loud? Like, um, should I open up a shipping lane to Columbia? And they may not necessarily ask that to those their competitors, but they may want to know that. Share educational content that 50% that or your, your potential connections are going to more than likely see and find interesting. And yeah. then you engage with everyone who posts, who comments or engage uh, on your post. But what starts to happen is that you build this trust factor, you build this education factor, and within your pool, that small pond that you have of you know, logistics companies making $100,000 or more in Milwaukee, like you really now start to, I don't know if Milwaukee ships, but you really start to, you really start now to see, or say Chicago or South Florida, but you really yeah. start to see that there's not a whole big group, but you're really hyper-focused, you're really quality, and you, out of the you know the hundred salespeople in the industry, has a, recogni a recognizable no uh, face and presence because for the last three months you've been sharing content to people and connecting with lo logistic leaders in that industry, and you are seen as an education yeah. expert. And even when you do reach out to me, you educate me on the foresights that I'm not even necessarily seeing yet. Um, yeah. And that's where I feel buyers want. So if you want to be a great seller, become think about how you can be an industry guide rather than somebody who's pushing the latest special or Black Friday special. But to, um, yeah, yeah. But customers. to put an exclamation mark on what 
Donald just said, like it's what that means to be that expert that everybody turns to, to kind of build that brand, that personal brand. I'm, I'm guessing Donald, you're saying yep. basically publish, like you kind of got to learn how to be a content creator for that specific expertise, that area where you're trying to focus in on and, and teach and educate people on. And so, and then share your thoughts, not just in private, but in, in the form of basically regular posts on LinkedIn is what I'm hearing. Is that accurate? Yeah. Once a, once a week will make a whole world of difference for anyone. I honestly tell you that. If you were to post once a week for three months, I promise you magic. And there's no excuses anymore because this is where you can use AI. Yeah. You can use chat GPT. You can go and find articles that were on the logistics space and you just post it with your thoughts and even use chat. Say, chat, can you write a, you know, a thought, uh, write a, a, pin, a, a, a summary, um, for me on, uh, yeah. why you should I open up international shipping lanes. Like, I but love now it. I you love do it. that post and you set these things up and LinkedIn has the scheduling feature. So you take a Saturday morning and you do this before watching your cartoons and you do this for like a, two hours and you have content. And then now you, when you connect with people, I promise you everyone's going to go back to your profile. We all do it. Yeah, I go into navigator. So you don't see that I'm looking at you, but I look at your profile and then I'm going to, I'm going to look you up and down and, and see if you worth my time or not. But yeah. now if you're seen as a thought leader, um, in the ba banner on the background says, um, you know, logistics, logistics, um, you know, authority, t uh, teaching how to, you know, streamline your, your shipping. I'm making stuff up, but the oh, point yeah. is I see this and I see you and then I see your email. This company knows what they're talking about. I want to talk business with them. And bro, I got so many different these LinkedIn strategies. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, we could, yeah, we could keep going for days. Um, Donald, thank you so much for taking some time to, to talk with me and, and, and listeners. Thanks for, uh, for joining us. Thanks again, Donald. Thank you so much for having me. And, and I appreciate this. Of course, hundred percent. I might have to have a part two of this because there's, I have a boatload of questions. Um, but thank you guys for listening in and we'll catch you on the other side. Be sure to check us out at www.excelogy.com. 